Hi all, welcome to Anime Echoes. So we'll be going through Bakano Light Novel 9, pages 93 to 113. We cut to Graham and he's in his sad mode. He's just kind of moping around and his lackeys aren't even there for it. We do learn something interesting about Graham. He's looking at some buildings that he sees before him and he can't help but think that the placement of them is beautiful. It seems Graham does have a particular keen eye for aesthetics, which I thought was pretty cool. That being said, he reveals that the perfection before him uh, creates like an urge within himself. One where he wants to break it down like piece by piece and demolish it, that it's like a primal urge that's within him. I think it's interesting that before he broke down that piece of iron, like down to its component parts, with like complete precision, he also um, broke down like his shady business he worked for. And those aren't beautiful things if you think about it. And the business he worked for was doing unethical things and he felt the urge that reporting them wasn't enough. Like he had to break it down. So there's like a compulsion within Graham to break things down. So from this I was thinking that perhaps he only wants to break down things he doesn't like. But then he thinks about breaking down the um, like the beautiful view that was before him. So it's not just things he doesn't like, it's also things that are beautiful as well. So it's probably not about like good or bad, but I think it might be about his emotions. Like we know that Graham goes through like a spectrum of emotions and then almost allocates himself to one. I wonder if once a specific emotion is chosen in regards to something, like sadness, he felt sadness to how beautiful everything he just saw was. And after that, after feeling that sadness, he needed to take some sort of action towards that sadness or from that sadness, sorry. And the response his body always gets is to dismantle something. So he saw the place he worked at for doing shady shit. He felt an emotion and then reported them to the authorities. But that wasn't enough. In order to satiate his sadness or his frustration, he had to take action and proceeds to dismantle it. Like, I think this might be how Graham's character works. Once he feels an emotion, he has to take action. Now, either way, I thought this moment for Graham was really, really good. I wasn't super interested in Graham, to be honest, at the start. But this scene um, with the image uh, brought about by the buildings like really changed this for me or changed my opinion of him. Also, it seems like just like Lad, he works at the behest of his instinctual urges. Lad wants to release all his energy uh, by killing someone after his switches have been turned on. Graham needs to dismantle something after his emotions have been activated. Both need to take some form of action. This is mostly speculation right now, but I thought that was pretty good. Um, anyways, we jump over to Carol and the and the rest of them, and um, Rail tells her that they're from the circus. Carol wants to interview them because she thinks they're really interesting. She's been captured by them. And Rail says, sure, but only if the owner says so, um, the owner being Huey. The Rail does warn Carol about Huey, saying that he's kind of um, like dangerous, um, that he doesn't actually give two shits about hurting other people's feelings. Now, we do get to see more of Rail's innocent side. Like, one thing is, he starts to feel guilty for all the lying that he's been doing to Carol. He wants to tell her the truth, that he's part of Lamia and they're on this mission and stuff like that. Um, one thing he does tell her about is that he talks about his obsession with explosives and stuff like that. And also, Carol and him are of similar age, so I, I definitely ship them now. Anyways, um, Rail's relationship with explosives, just really, really interesting. Like, I really love this explanation. 
Um, what he says is like explosions have no name, and when triggered, they explode fully, expressing themselves, and then disappear before they ever get a name. And everyone turns and looks. So basically, they are something that seems hidden, then boom, captures the attention of people, but then ultimately, they're not located or named. And explosions are pretty crazy, so they get etched into people's memories. Or、um, if it hits them, then they get like a scar, right? It leaves an impression. I wonder if Rayl's obsession with explosions also relates to him wanting to feel like famous or wanting to be famous. You know, leave a mark on the world,、um, just like an explosion leaves a mark on someone or leaves a memory. But being famous means having a name, though. Maybe the reason why Rayl confides in explosions because right now. He has no name, but he wants to, and he tries to express himself fully and capture the attention of others. So what he yearns for, I think, is to etch himself into the memories of others and to like scar them in a way, but with himself, like to have an impact. So yeah, I thought those lines about Rayl were just really, really good and really revealing of his character. Rayl also mentions that he's fascinated by the bomb fiend and how she can pinpoint explosions and have crazy techniques like that. He says he wants to meet her. Now I immediately thought of Nice, and I like that it's confirmed pretty quickly. So Graham arrives, and then Carol looks at Graham and then says, "It's the train robber." So this is the person who robbed their train ten days ago. Shaft,、uh, Graham's buddy, remembers that robbery. Turns out he got his ass kicked by the vice president. Apparently, the vice president knows jujitsu or something. Um, though we didn't beat Graham. When Graham notices that the vice president is there. Um, with Carol, he thinks that perhaps they could be his enemies. He thinks that the enemy is someone you least suspect.、Um, you know, he has seen them before, and it's like he sees them again. He's like, oh, maybe, maybe they've been the the enemy the entire time.、Um, he states that he's looking for Huey's flunkies. Now, this sets Rail off. He hates being called Huey's flunkies, though he does calm himself down. And Rail is pretty observant about everything, all things considered. And he determines that the best path would be to go with Graham and then take him out along the way. As Rail and Frank are about to leave, we get this like heartfelt moment between Rail and Carol. Rail thanks Carol for the food, and Carol kind of just looks on, powerless. He also tells them to get away from Chicago and be wary of explosives. He's developed a bond with them, and Carol cares about them as well. It actually feels like a pretty sad moment. Like there's an image as well,、um, showcasing Rail saying bye and Carol looking on. Like it's a good, it's a good moment. The vice president also finally shows some compassion, like outwardly, to Carol, and says not to worry that they'll be okay. I'm guessing he can sense that Rail and Frank can probably fight pretty well, all things considered. The vice president also decides that he's going to stay in Chicago and go against Rail's advice. He decides that this first、um, explaining like the two types of journalists. So number one, there's journalists who like to be away from the battlefield and try to get in- accurate information from a distance, but then there's journalists who like to be at the center of the action, like himself. With him also knowing how to fight as well, he probably developed that being that kind of journalist. That being said, the two are immediately put into a bind. Creek shows up. One of the Russo family men, and he's holding a gun towards them and makes them come with him. While it feels like a tense moment for Carol, the vice president knows that this is just the surface. He knows that they aren't in like the eye of the incident just yet; that they're on the outskirts. And as far as danger is concerned, this isn't much at all. 
poor Carol is um, going headfirst into that, though. Like, she's not ready. Um, I also think that's why the vice president didn't, like, kick Creek's ass. It's because he wants to go into the eye of the storm to get the best information. And getting taken by Creek is a way to do just that. Anyways, for these couple of scenes, I thought they were really, really good. As said before, I feel like um, I learned a lot about, like, Graham and what prompts him to, like, dismantle things. I like learning about the explosions from Rail. Um, I thought that was really fantastic. And I can't wait to see him interact with Nice. I really hope they meet. Um, the vice president being strong is really cool. I don't think it's that surprising, actually. A lot of people in this show, um, sorry, in this novels, they're, they're generally, like, really powerful. Um, anyway, I'm keen to see the moment where he will actually fight because I feel like he's very calculating and he'll probably include that when he does try to fight. Also, now the information brokers are going to the Russo family. So they'll probably meet Christopher and see that like what the family is actually up to, maybe. Um, they really are going to all of the places they need to get the best information. I mean, to be fair, like the vice president is the one relaying the information. So obviously we would kind of follow them. And lastly, the, the moment between Carol and Rail was really heartfelt. I, I want them to reunite already. So in this scene, we're now with um, Graham and his men and Rail and Frank. As mentioned before, Rail and Frank are getting kidnapped by Graham and his men. Graham proceeds to like ramble about what he thinks about Rail and how he thinks that Rail thinks he's crazy. He talks about why he thinks that and how it's probably because of his clothes. He ensures to mention that he wears the same thing. Uh, but he does make sure to mention also that he makes sure to wash daily. And he has like three pairs of the same clothing. Then he proceeds to ramble about how he's kidnapping people right now. And how he may have hit a new low. And that perhaps he's on hell on earth. And that just makes him sad. Seems like this is like the emotion that he's at on that day. So it seems like that emotion is sadness. He doesn't seem to have moved on from that emotion. As theorized before, Graham does need to act out on his emotions. So somehow he needs to like extinguish this sadness that's within him. And generally what he does is he dismantles things to get his emotions out. At least that's what the theory is that I'm going off right now. So I do wonder if he needs to do that again. Like is there something that he'll need to break in order to get his emotions out? Will it be Rail or Frank's bodies? I mean probably not. He doesn't like to kill. Um, though I'm pretty sure he does injure people. So I wonder if like a broken bone would satiate him somehow. Or if because the emotion is sadness, um, it's, I mean, he still needs to like dismantle things, but maybe it's less of like a whack and more of like a, I don't know, like a slow hit or something. Like maybe the action he takes is differentiated by the emotion he actually has. I don't know, honestly. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Now, since this is actually a kidnapping of sorts, Rail and Frank aren't just going to sit idly by. They go on the offensive. So Frank kicks Graham away, and he actually goes, like, flying into a wall. So it turns out Frank can pack quite a punch, um, which makes sense given his size. Though it's not just strength that Frank has. In fact, it might be speed that's actually helping him have as much force as he actually does. Because he's actually extraordinarily fast. All of Graham's men are surprised. Because they assumed he would be like slow and sluggish because of his appearance. But on the contrary, Frank was very much like a cannonball of sorts. I like how Rail calls out Graham's men for assuming that Frank would be slow. He proceeds to explain um, how many animals are very large. And despite that, they can move at great speeds. So they shouldn't assume things. Like this should be common knowledge. 
that it's prejudice to assume such things. Though, part of this explanation was actually a misdirection towards Graham's men. He set an explosion, like, uh, explosive, sorry, like, um, explosive watch, actually, in front of his men, and they didn't actually notice. And then with Rail's usual, like, mischievous smile, the explosion goes off, and the scene ends. So, overall, I thought this was a pretty cool action scene. As mentioned before, I still think um, with Graham, um, he needs to kind of get his sadness out in some way. So I fully expect to see, um, like, the next time we see Rail, Frank, and Graham again, like, the fight to be more even. Like, I don't think Graham's, like, done for the count. We know he's, like, extraordinary, extraordinarily strong, sorry. Um, like, Lad mentioned that Graham was stronger than him. So there's a good chance that Frank's attacks may actually not have done that much on him. Though... Moving at super speeds and also being that large is sure to like do some damage. You know, like force equals mass times acceleration, right? So so Frank would be plenty strong. I like that Frank is like the timid muscle of the duo. And then Rail is the confident and cunning one of the two. They make a good team and you can tell that um like Rail knows how to use Frank's strengths. Like Rail doesn't just use Frank as muscle, like go beat up that guy. He knows that um, he's actually also like a really good distraction. Like if someone appears to be powerful, then they're going to um, capture someone's attention as well, or the enemy's attention. And yeah, like Rail does have like a way of words, and he's always thinking ahead. I also like that he has a sense of style. Um, like he puts on his coveralls in like a really dramatic way. I'm hoping that there's like an image of what Rail actually looks like with, with the coveralls on, because right now right now I'm having like a hard time imagining what it is, but I feel like it would look pretty cool. Um, but yeah, overall, pretty good action scene. Now, thank you for everyone for listening. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Anime Echoes, that's two words. And if you could leave a review or a like, that would be really helpful. Okay, thanks again, and have a good one. Bye.